0: Amen. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Galatians. We are all the way down in verse 13. Can you believe it? Let's start reading in verse 13. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. Now, let's look at that word conversation, because we're going to see it here. And it's important that we understand. When we think of the word conversation, that's two people talking to each other. And I'm sure that you've heard people say that, when you see it in your Bible, it's talking about your lifestyle. And that's true, but it's more than just your lifestyle. It's your visible walk. Your conversation is the walk that the world sees. It's the life that the world sees. So here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. "...and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the, traditions, of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood." Dear Heavenly Father, this is such an amazing passage of Scripture, And, Lord, there is truth for us in 2011 from this passage. Lord, please help us to see the significance of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, look at what the apostle says. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion. So he was in the Jews' religion, is that right? So what does that mean? He was born a Jew. He was trained in Jewish theology, and then he made it his life's work to defend and propagate his faith. Well, then he became a Christian. Well, did he just trade one religion for another? Did he trade one way to heaven for another way to heaven? No. No. Um, There is a, a preacher... And some of you may have heard of him. Anyone have heard of John Hagee? I'm working at becoming a man of God. He's, he's a full gospel preacher, right? Um, John Hagee says that the Jews don't need to be saved. We don't need to preach the gospel to the Jews because they are under the Old covenant. Is that true? No. That would be news to the Apostle Paul. Right? He was exceedingly zealous in the Jews' religion. Now, what is zealous? When it says that he was zealous, what is zeal? It's the, the, the dictionary definition is ardent fervor. He, you know, picture a Denver Broncos fan painted orange. That's zeal. That's zeal. Um I, I went to the golf course the other day and I had on an Ohio State shirt and my buddy came to me and said, um what he said, why are you wearing your Ohio State shirt for? Obviously he was a Michigan fan. And <laughs> Shauna, you're gonna get me in trouble here. See, we understand zeal when it comes to sports, but when we demonstrate zeal for the Lord, that's called fanaticism. Well, what are you a fan of? Uh, see, we're more than fans. We, we don't just admire Jesus Christ. He's our Lord. We follow him. Amen. And that's the way the Apostle Paul felt about the Jews religion. The Apostle Paul was very sincere in his faith. Would you, Do you agree with that? He was very sincere, but he was lost. He was going to go to hell. And Jesus Christ saved him. He wasn't just trading one way to heaven for another. He he was trading a set of rules for a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the difference. Exceedingly zealous. He had a greater desire to please God than most people have. And he had that desire before he was saved. He was trying to serve God. Now, let me tell you the point of this message today. And this is what struck me as I read this text. Our command is to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to... Okay, we'll we'll try that again. God's command to us is go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to... Do we believe that? Do we believe that every person in the world can be saved? Do you know what this passage teaches us? That that command to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, it's not in vain. The preaching of the gospel is not in vain. Pastor, what are you talking about? Patrick's trying to distract me. I looked under the pew, and there's this book here. History of the Baptist Denomination in Georgia with a biographical compendium of Baptist ministers in Georgia and, and Georgia Baptists. Compiled for the Christian Index. Man, that's like putting meat out in front of a wolf or something. <laughs> He's, Get thee behind me, Satan. I'm gonna. Um, Was that an ADD moment right there, or what? <laughs> All right. So now imagine this. Uh, you got to get this picture. Okay. Here's the Apostle Paul. Let's look at the way that people would have understood his name. Look down at verse twenty-four or verse twenty-three. But when they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past. Now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. So here's a man who once destroyed the faith, and now he's preaching the faith. This was the man that you would... The least likely man in the world to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ was now preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to try and put this in some kind of context. What if Osama bin Laden started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you starting to get it? What was his life's commitment to destroy the great Satan, the United States, and the little Satan, Israel? That that was his life. He wanted to kill all Christians. That, That was his life's goal. Imagine if he had received, if he had heard and believed the gospel and now went into Muslim nations preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of you think that would be an amazing thing? Would it be any more amazing than this? No. Look at the description that Paul gives of himself. Verse verse 13 again, For ye have heard of my conversation in in, in, uh, in time past in the Jews' religion, how that, look at what it says, Beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. This is the person who would go into churches and haul people out in front of their children and kill them. That's what we're talking about here. The person we would deem least likely to ever become a Christian became one. The person least likely to ever become a preacher of the gospel became one. The person least likely to ever become a founder of churches became one. The person least likely to ever become a beloved brother in Christ became one. See, what we have here in the life of the Apostle Paul is the amazing truth that God is willing to save anyone. Anyone. Whatever their religion, whatever they've done, whatever their past is, He's willing to save anyone. Do you believe that? Imagine. You know... I don't know if I should say this publicly, but I'm going to. Doug, can you imagine your brother getting saved? God can do that. He wants to do that. Doug's brother is a Catholic priest who believes that Doug is really messing up. Do you believe that God wants to save him? What's your brother's name? We need to pray for Dan Schmittmeyer. God wants. To, can you imagine what Dan Schmittmeier could do for the Lord if in Sydney, Ohio, he started preaching the gospel of grace, the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ? Can you imagine? See, not only is God willing to save anyone, He's also powerful enough to do it. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. God is willing and able and ready to save anyone. These people that are, that are trying to kill us now, these Muslims that are, that are trying to kill us today, if they had the opportunity, they would kill every one of us. Do you know that God wants to save them? They need the gospel. They need someone to be willing to, to take the gospel to them. They need someone to be willing to give up their life, if need be, to have the gospel message preached to them. I got a message from Brother Knox. He has a friend that uh, pastors, has a ministry in China, and a national pastor friend, was just sentenced to 14 years of hard labor in China three weeks ago for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody has to be willing to tell those people about Jesus. And there are many people there in China preaching the gospel today. I've been told there are millions of believers in China in underground churches. But you remember, when I was in Africa... A man had just come from China, and he said to a Chinese pastor, he said, what can we do to help you? You know what he said? Leave us alone. He said, we don't need your American faith here because it can't stand persecution. You see, Jesus Christ is willing and able and ready to save anyone who hears and believes the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? But how can they hear without a preacher? How can they hear? What is God's plan for this age? How is the world to be reached in this age? Churches. Is that right? God's plan is for churches. Because you can have one man who's a great evangelist and a great missionary, but when he dies, who will carry on the faith? If there are churches there, there there's person after person being trained and encouraged and sent to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why the church is so important. What did the Apostle Paul give himself to? Who is the book of Galatians written to? The churches of Galatia. And it's so amazing. The other thing that I want you to see, first of all, that God is willing to save the most unlikely person. He's able to save the most unlikely person. The other thing that I want you to see is the immediate change that takes place in a moment in time. Where was the apostle going? He wasn't an apostle yet, of course. Where was Saul going when he met Jesus? Going to Damascus. What was he going to Damascus for? Yeah. Yeah to to haul he had gotten letters from Damascus to go into the churches and haul men of women men and women to prison for simply believing that way what way the way the truth and the life of Jesus Christ that's what he's going to do he met Jesus Christ and in a moment in time he was a different man you know we see an alcoholic stumble down the, the road. And we don't understand. We don't really believe that in a moment, God can change that man. Amen. We, we see young people out there and they have green hair and a wing nut in their cheek. And they've got the, the, the Chinese phone book painted all over their body. And we look at them and we say, stay away. When God can change that person in a moment. In a moment. He wants to. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We become so pharisaical in the way that we look at people. Oh, look at that person. Oh, God, I thank You that I am not like this lowly, green-haired person. That's what the Pharisee said. The lowly publican. And we as believers who believe that a Christian ought to look different than the world. Amen? We believe that. We believe that we ought to eat different than the world. We ought to drink different than the world. We ought to celebrate different than the world. We ought to live different than the world. Do we believe that? But what right do we have to look down our noses at someone... Because God has revealed to us a better way. You see, we need to look at that person as a soul for whom Jesus Christ died. We have to understand that that change could happen in a moment. See, the minute that those Navy SEALs, whoever it was, went into that compound in Pakistan, the moment before he put a bullet. In bin Laden's head up until that moment Bin Laden still had a chance to become a servant of Jesus Christ how about this Judas Iscariot until the moment that he stepped off that rock and hung himself and had his bowels spread on the floor on the, on, on, in the dirt of the potter's field Until the moment he took that step, he still had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior. See, we have to get this. We have to get this. We must understand that God can change a heart just like that. You might have a child that's away from God. You might have a child that's grown and you don't know whether that child is saved or not. Continue to live your faith. Give them the gospel, because God can change them in a moment. There's no one that's too far gone until they take their last breath. Amen? The commandment to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature is not in vain. So what's the requirement? The gospel must be heard and the gospel must be believed. So we've got to get this. Who was Saul of Tarsus? Who was he? He was the most zealous of the Pharisees. He was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. And this is more than a historical note that Saul became the Apostle Paul. It's more than a theological comparison comparing Judaism to Christianity. It's more than that. It is the truth that at, the mo- at one moment, Jesus Christ can completely change your life. In a moment in time, Jesus Christ can completely save you and deliver you from whatever it is that has control of your life. He can free you and make you a brand new creature. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17 with me. Keep your place here in Galatians. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Very familiar verse to anybody who has been in church for any length of time. Therefore, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You see, the Apostle Paul understood this new creature concept probably better than any of us. Because he changed from someone who was destroying the church to someone who was planting churches. He, he, he was changed from someone who was destroying people's faith to building up their faith. That's how much he changed. He changed from someone who hated Christians to one who loved Christians. And you ready for this? This is the amazing thing to me. He was changed from one who was feared by Christians to one who was loved by Christians. Now, now let me ask you this. Who of us would have picked Saul of Tarsus to be the greatest evangelist in history? Do you think maybe Paul understood new creature? How about you? You say, Pastor, you don't know how I've lived. You, you don't understand the kind of father that I've been. You understand? i understand. I've failed. I know I was supposed to do certain things with my family, and I haven't done it. Well, if you're not saved, God can make you a new father today. He can change you in a moment in time. It's not a 12-step plan. It's a one-step plan. Amen? You say, well, wait a minute, but but pastor, I'm saved. I'm born again and I've still not been the father that I need to be. Forgetting those things which are behind and looking to those things which are ahead, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ could today make you the father that you know that you're supposed to be. It's true. He wants to make you a new creature. And you know what the wonderful thing is? His mercies are new every day. Today could be a day that changes you for the rest of your life. Christian, are you discouraged? Are you thinking, man, the way that I think, my attitude, no Christian should be the way that I am. And you tell yourself that every day, but you can't seem to get past it. Jesus Christ can change you. Moment. You can be a new creature simply by believing his promise to make you like himself. He wants to change you. He wants you to have a victorious Christian life. He doesn't want you to feel like you just keep falling and falling and you say, Because of what I've done, I can never serve God. Well, if it's before you were saved, it's been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ if you're born again. Amen? Well, what about those things that you've done after you were saved? You know, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, there was a sacrifice for unknown sin. But for willing sin, there was no sacrifice. And Christians hear that. How many of you? How many of you have ever sinned since you've been saved? with full knowledge that you were sinning. Anyone? Well, you've got to go to hell. Because there's no sacrifice. Is that true? No. Jesus Christ's blood washes away all sin, past, present, future when Jesus Christ died on the cross for you he knew exactly what you would do and not do he knew everything that you would ever do you can take that sin into the believer he says if you confess your sin he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness he can make you clean to serve a new creature Can you imagine anyone who felt least worthy to preach the gospel than the Apostle Paul? But look at what we learn from the text. God had a purpose for Paul. Look at verse 15. But it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace. Now we've looked at the call of God. Who's the call of God for? Everyone. Everyone. God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And the Bible says Paul, the apostle Paul, God had revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he had been separated for his purpose from the womb. Do you know what we learn from that? God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for every person that is ever born. See, that's why abortion is so bad. Abortion is awful. And here's what Christians can think: well, it's better that that child wasn't born into that family. Well, that was Margaret Sanger's position, the founder of Planned Parenthood. She just wanted it to be all the black babies because she didn't think that, she thought blacks were an inferior race, and so it would be better if they killed their babies. Planned Parenthood. But then Christians say, because these families are so bad, it might be better if those children were never born into those families. As if Jesus Christ can't save those people. As if God doesn't have a plan for that child's life. Uh, Before Damascus, how many of you would have thought that God had a plan for Saul's life? You see, abortion is terrible because it's killing a life. For which God had a plan. You know that God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for you to serve Him in this world. God has a plan for you to bring Him glory in this world. Regardless of what you've done in the past. If any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? Well, when Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was made a new creature. See, it's easy for us as believers. Remember what the Bible says about Job. uh, He vexed his righteous soul daily with the sin of Sodom. It was an affront to him. And what we can do, what can happen to us is we as believers, our our job, we've said for this year that we want to be light. That the light of Jesus Christ is supposed to shine out of darkness through us. Do you all believe that? But what can happen is you give the gospel and people don't want to hear it and you can become discouraged. If we're not careful, we'll be discouraged by people rejecting the gospel. If we're not careful, we'll lose sight of the glorious truth that there is not one person under your eye who could not be saved and made a completely different person in Jesus Christ. None is hopeless. None is beyond redemption. None has gone too far. None are not worth our time. None is not meriting our loving desire and longing appeal for their salvation. None would ever have believed that Saul would go down in history as the greatest evangelist of our Lord Jesus Christ, but he did. Why? Because at a moment in time, he trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior. He was zealous. But then, do you know what he told us to do? you know what he told us to do? Looking for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. The zeal that Paul had to persecute the church, that's the zeal that he gained to feed the church. And that's the same zeal that you and I ought to have for the work of the Lord. But what we do is we allow the deceiver to tell us that because of our lives, because of what we've done in the past, that we can't serve him that's a lie of the devil that's out of the pit of hell and it smells like smoke. Jesus Christ wants you to bring him glory by serving him today. Is there someone that you need to give the gospel to again? Is there someone that you say, God really needs to save this person? Tell him again. Amen. Tell him again. Pray for him. Tell him again. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, He can change you right now, in a moment in time. If you're a believer and you say, Yeah, I'm saved, but I've not lived the kind of life that God can use. Well, He can change that life today. He can make you that new creature that He saved you to be today, right now, in a moment in time. Dear Lord, I'm so thankful that you are willing and able